welcome to the latest episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeon. I am your hostess, Mistress Mia, and you know, the one, the only... Master John! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. So, guys, it's 8 a.m. We're going to... We're going to try to do it instead of the middle of the night, during the middle of the day when we're sleeping. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) You know we're getting good when you're finishing my sentences. Well... This is how good you are. You stopped and waited for me to, so... Oh, is that what I did? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're not slick. No. You're a little slick. John's psychic. (laughs) I'm psycho. (laughs) Well, that too. So, today we're going to delve into the naughty little girl. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I like delving into naughty little girls. <laughs> the legal kind. Don't oh, get excited. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, they're legal. Yes, always legal. Um, I was telling our listeners that because we got some pervs out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talk about littles a lot. We do. Yeah. We do. Little bit of this, little bit of that. Little, little, little. <laughs> Talk about big things, too. Yes, big girls. Big old whores. <laughs> that, too. Uh, so, this is In Search for a Dominant. This is um, from Naughty Little Girls at WordPress.com. You know, we use WordPress for our, uh, for our, our podcast. We do advertisements on there. It's great. Yeah. We can go in there and blog. You know, we should do that. We should go in there and blog and we could talk about, you know, life and tell them about your dirty little sex stories. I don't have any sex stories. (laughs) (laughs) He's lying, listeners. He's lying. Everything you say on here is just made up bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) So untrue. (laughs) All right. So in search of a dominant, and this woman has had experience you know, one of our good friends has had um, experiences in actually finding this phony dom and the things that she went through on it. So when I read this article, I thought, you know, there's a lot of people that can relate to this. You know, people are always looking for the real thing, the genuine person who can be their dominant or their submissive without living in this this fake concept or fake idea of what they think that that role should should be you know well and that's my question when you say fake and real is it because they didn't find the dom that they liked or is it an actually a fake dom i I think it's a fake dom but you because i think a lot of times it's they're looking for something and the person that they're with isn't fulfilling that aspect that they're looking for so they just categorize it because it's easy to say fake dom sure sure it is so oh you're a fake dom because you didn't give me what i wanted (laughs) that's true that could be true you're pretending to be a dom to but you're actually an abuser that too because when you say fake dom when i think of fake dom i'm thinking of someone who's using bdsm to abuse people and use this as a mask to get away with it yeah where i think a lot of people say Oh, he's a fake dom because he's new or he doesn't know what he's doing or he doesn't know what I like instead of communicating with him and and figuring it out together. You know, and it may not be, you know, a physical abuse per se. It could be just emotional abuse in general. Right. Because I know that our friend that had to deal with it herself, you know, she was 
kind of overtaken by this person in a lot of ways. And, yeah. you know, she's very contemplative on her, her own life and her own situations. And then, yeah, there's definitely people out there that are not good people. Not at all. But for me, I'm new. So I don't know a lot of things. Or I know a lot more now than I did. But when, when I was starting out, I knew nothing. That didn't mean I was fake. No. It just meant I didn't know what people expected a dom to be. To me, a dominant is someone that's going to take control of the situation, of whatever's happening in the moment. Not so much, well, if you're not a rigger, you're not a dom. If you're if you're essentialist, you can't possibly be a dom. So the thing that the actual article states is that, you know, they're they're defining these two things. They define the word fraud. So a person or thing intended to deceive others, typically by unjustifiably claiming or being credited with accomplishments or qualities. And then they're describing a dominant as a ruling, governing, or controlling, having or exerting authority or influence. So the combination that someone's willing to deceive others, but yet they want to govern or control you, there's a there's a big problem there. You know, you okay. can't do it with someone who's, you know, a fraud. So that's a big distinction from what yes. I was saying. Yes. You can not know what you're doing and have little experience, but this person is saying they do have experience. They do have what you're looking for and they and they just don't. You know, and this really brings up the scenarios that that I've seen before in lifestylers and that is, you know, they'll be married and they'll have, you know, a great marriage and what have you. But from a woman's point of view, you know, and I'm, I'm a woman, so I can say these things. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they feel like when they're looking for a male dominant, for example, outside of their marriage, they're looking for this desire to fill this other need and fantasy that they can't get from their husband because a lot of times their spouses are not in the lifestyle. So... Hence, when they're looking for people like, you know, what this woman was trying to go for, she was trying to find an actual experience that she wanted with a dominant male. So she says, having encountered many of these men in her own journey, she's decided to compile a list of red flags with some help with her friends that may prove helpful to those new to the scene. So uh, he should offer personal information before you ask for it. A refusal to do so is a huge red flag. And telling you he's a private person is bullshit. So this is what happened to our friend. Our friend, they told her that, you know, that he wasn't married, which he was later on. They found that out. Um, yeah, anytime anybody lies to you, yes, dominant or submissive. Absolutely. Inside the lifestyle or not, that's a huge red flag. Just run away. Exactly. You know, it just, it takes all credit from that person. You can't... With a lie. You need trust. And you can't trust if the person's lying to you. No, you cannot. So, do you want to go for the next one? Yeah, it says, trust your gut. Bound and naked in a hotel room is the wrong time to discover the difference between a true dominant and a predator. (laughs) (laughs) That is absolutely correct. Okay. So, would you go for your first encounter with a dominant, John, at a hotel? (laughs) (laughs) No. Hell no. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you know, I, I get a lot of men and they're like, you know, I want you to dom me and control me. I want you to do this, this, and this. And I want you to come kidnap me. And I'm like, fucker, I haven't even met you. Right. 
You know? You know, my dismissive, we talk about it all the time, the dismissive I have now. We talked for six months. Yeah. We met a couple of times before we. I went out and had lunch with her. We did a lot of things. We made sure we knew each other. We were comfortable with each other. Yes, sometimes the fantasy is, I want to be dominated by a stranger. But it's role play. You don't want a stranger to take you to a hotel room and tie you up and do shit to you and leave you for dead. No, and I think what happens is a lot of people get really horny. (laughs) You know, they get really horned up. They love this fantasy. You know, some of my friends, they have talked to doms. You know, they're online. They're encountering all these things. And they're like, oh, God, yeah, this sounds fucking hot. Yeah, tie me up. Use me. Oh, yeah, stick me in your basement. Do whatever you want. And eventually, (laughs) before you meet these persons, you need to go and masturbate. (laughs) Get some clarity. (laughs) Yeah, and I've I've had submissive women that would tell me, well, you're not for me because you're just... You know what I'm looking for. Because I would ask them questions about their limits. And I would ask them about their safe words. And they they didn't want to talk about that. They just wanted somebody to just... Get them off. Yeah. Yeah. I had one that I told her. I was like, well, one thing you need to do is make sure you have a friend who knows where you're at. Where you're going to be is going to call you. And so that they know you're safe. And that you know that you're safe. And she said, well, I don't do that. Because I had a guy one time. I showed up. He had a gun next to the bed. And he told me... If I was going to kill you, you'd be dead before you ever reached the phone. So I don't even bother. I'm like, you're stupid. Wow. If that's the type of situation you want to be in, good luck to you. I'm not that person. I'm not going to play into this. I want to be in actual danger and meet actual dangerous people. I'm not doing that. Yeah, sometimes it is the thrill. You know, one of my good friends, she's a female sub, and it has always been the thrill, you know? Yeah. You can set up that thrill. You can. And I've done it. The sub I have now, we've done it several times. Yeah. And it's not because she doesn't know me. She does know me. It's because she doesn't know what's happening. And I I don't tell her. We have a set of parameters, but I don't tell her what's going to happen next. She allows me to take control, and she likes the fear. She like, you know, we did the big fire scene at the party and we pushed her over backwards. She had no idea what was going on and she went straight into sub's face. And it was great. It was a great scene, but it was safe. And there were a lot of people that enjoyed it. So you can have a good time without actually being in, in physical danger with a psycho. You need to be able to trust the person, bottom line. Absolutely. And you can't trust somebody you don't know. <clears throat> Absolutely. So the next one is his toy bag contains all homemade toys and or everything seems to be brand new. That reminds me of, you know, episodes of, of Dateline. <laughs> <laughs> no. All my toys are homemade. They're no. not brand new though. <laughs> They're well used. <laughs> no, I have nothing against homemade toys. I, you know, we've used many of things. We talked about it the other night, pervertibles. But, um, you know, this reminds me of an episode of Dateline. It's like, oh, yeah, I pulled this guy over and I found duct tape and rope and uh, bleach and a knife in, his, in the back of his trunk. Uh, wow. <laughs> you know, for some submissives, that might be pretty hot. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're going to kill me later. Yeah, hey, let's do yeah, this. <laughs> hey, yeah, total. Chop me up. <laughs> <laughs> but in truth, you know, you need to... Be aware that, you know, this person's representing themselves well, presenting themselves well, 
that kind of thing. Right. Um, and like you said, they've got some use. They've got some actual BDSM toys. <laughs> Floggers, crops, basic essentials, right? Right. All right. He doesn't have any references or claims to have them, but has trouble getting them to you. I've, I've taken BDSM classes at the local community where we've talked about um, how to set up a scene, how to play safely. And this was one of the things was when you're vetting a, a dom or a submissive, they should be able to give you references of people that they've played with before. And they should be able to give you names and phone numbers of people that you can call and say, yes, this is a safe person to play with. And if they can't do that, then they're hiding something. Absolutely. Either they don't have, it, they've never done it before, which if they're claiming to be a dominant and they have all these skills, yes. If you're claiming to be something that you've never done before, yes, that's a fraud. But also, if you have done it before and you don't have anybody that you're willing to let someone talk to, that's a huge red flag. Huge. Because if you're afraid for them to talk to the person, it's because you did something to them. Yeah, often enough, you know, being a dom, there's there's other women in the lifestyle. Obviously, they're doms, and they contact me, and, you know, they say, hey, do you know this guy? You know, he contacted me. He's coming into town. He said that, you know, he was your submissive at one point, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, you know, I'll tell them exactly how it is, whether this person is a little dick or <laughs> if they're great, what, what they're like. Um, and those are usually the more respectful people. They, they take uh, appreciation that I'm going to give them a good reference because they've always been respectful and kind to me. Right. So if your Dom cannot provide references with regular people, there's a problem. Right. Um, he calls you slut or another equally misogynistic name uh, straight off the bat. Before establishing rapport with you, real dominance earn respect. Right. I call my submissive a slut and a whore, and she loves it. But you know what? She doesn't like to be called a bitch. And I only know that because we've talked about it. You talked about it. You exactly. Know, I asked her. She said yes. And one day I called her a bitch, and she didn't like it. We didn't talk about that word. And, you know, I got in a lot of trouble for that one. But we were able to talk it through. So you do, you have to build a rapport. You have to know what they like. You know what, even the names that you call people, people have limits. So some people don't want to be called a slut. Some people want to be called a good girl. Some people want to be called a good girl and a slut, but not a bitch. You just have to know the person. You have to talk about these things. If you're not, if your dominant is not willing to talk to you about your limits, that's a huge red flag. Very much so. All right. All right. So... Test his ego. See if he's ever been, excuse me, see if he has ever or would ever submit. Whether he has or would is irrelevant. It's his reaction you're looking for. Ooh. Yeah. So, so I I'm, take I'm, it. I'm, I'm curious what reaction she's looking for. Well, she's probably looking for you know, a How very comfortable lax, he gets. Yeah, a very lackadaisical, you know, you're thinking automatic, you know, is he going to be offended? Right. You know? And I'm thinking, well, you know, if he has a good lackadaisical attitude, like, oh, yeah, you know, I've bought him for different people. I'm kind of versatile. Right. You know, if that's gets a better response. Right. <laughs> if he gets defensive about it, that's oh, probably yeah. not a good response. Yeah. Now, you know, my thing of it is, and... 
it's not really, um, I think I've been in this situation before and people have said to me, oh, well, Mia, have you ever bottomed? And it's like, you know, I don't know you that well. I really don't want to talk about my personal life per se, but <laughs> you know, I think there's always a point where we've, we've bottomed at some point in our, in our life, you know, it's who we feel comfortable with. Right. You know, bottoming and submitting are two different things. Two different things. Yeah. Yes. So I've bottomed a lot in the yeah. dungeon to help people and to do things and to experience things. Um, but I've never submitted. We've tried. I tried to bottom and see what submission was like. I couldn't do it. We tried. It yeah. didn't work. Yeah. So. You know, it's not always for you. You know, it's not always for that person. No. <clears throat> but we have at least a, an outlook about it that's, you know, positive and neutral. Right. I respect know? all my submissives. Yeah. And I respect what they do. And I, and I appreciate what they do for me. I'm just not a submissive person. So it's, it's difficult for me to submit. All right. So he insists on highly sexual play from the get-go, from before establishing a relationship or boundaries. So we talked about this on another episode. BDSM is not always a, just about sex. A lot of it is about finding yourself, fulfilling those fantasies, and it doesn't have to be a sexual fantasy. A lot of times it is, but this says highly sexual play. So you can get somebody off with a with a vibrator or you can do a lot of other things. In the dungeon we don't have sex with people. We don't make that highly sexual. But people leave satisfied with the experience. So if they if they just expect you to have sex with them the first time you meet, that's probably a huge red flag. Huge. Yeah. Next one is he expects you to participate in dangerous play you might not be comfortable with, such as breath play, cutting, etc. And, you know, I know that we had Angel on here months ago, and she talked about, you know, going to a whole other city. She went from Alabama to New York. Mm -hmm. She met this guy, and he liked extreme breath play. He liked watching her pass out. And that was really, um, it was one of her limits. It was her hard limit, in fact. And... He's like, well, if you're going to be with me, this is what we're going to do. And ultimately, she figured out that first weekend that that was not going to be something she was going to continue to participate in. Yeah. And she said there were even some other girls there that she talked to, and they said, well, you just get used to it. Yeah. And that's bullshit. And she even went back and tried again, gave him a second chance, and he did it again. He did it again. After she told him, absolutely not, we're not doing that, he did it again. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. Don't compromise your own self. For what you want. Right. Right. So if your dominant's not listening to you and doing things that you don't want, that is definitely not that is a fake doll. Yeah. That's, that's just somebody that's there for themselves and, and not for, for use. You. Yeah. yeah. Um, go ahead, John. He claimed oh this oh this one gave me chills. <laughs> yeah. He claims that you don't need a safe word. That is the biggest load of shit. The biggest load of shit. You have to be able to have a way to say, I don't like what's happening. If you can't say, if you can't say no, and there's no consent, then it's abuse. And that is the biggest red flag. I think we've talked about it several times. If you're not allowed to use a safe word, you're not allowed to say no. You're not allowed to stop the scene. It's not BDSM. Yes, absolutely. And you know, again, in my situation, when I'm meeting people for the first time, 
you know, we don't have to have a safe work. We didn't, I'm, my goal is not to even give them an, any type of right. subspace. So we're not doing any ex- anything extreme. No, no. But, you know, if they want one, by all means. If it makes them feel comfortable, because it's all about their comfort level. They don't need level. a safe work because at that point they can just say, no. No, that's I it. I don't like this. I don't like this. Stop the scene. You know, something. That's all they have to that's do. That's it. Yep. So, he doesn't take personal responsibility or admit his wrongdoing. Everything is always someone else's and soon to be her fault. Okay, well, that's an abuser again. Absolutely. That's gaslighting. That is very much so. You know, you if you can't take responsibility for your, your own behaviors or your own mistakes and, you know, suffer some consequence, then, yeah, that's very problematic. Absolutely. This one... I never thought about this before, but it says he is young, and she says under 35, and claims to have 10 years of experience as a dom. So, you could have 10 years of experience as a dom at 35, if you started at 25. Sure. You started at, what, 19? (laughs) Yes, very much so. But yeah, that is a big red flag. It may may or may not be true, but it's something to investigate. It is. And maybe just one of those things. Just ask more questions. Yeah, ask more questions because, you know, I've said this before, you know, there's other people that are in their, you know, 20s, late 20s, and they might be old souls. You know, they might have had a very highly sexual um, life in their teens or early 20s, and, you know, maybe by the time they're 27 or 30, you know, they might already know what they want. So it really just depends on the maturity of the individual. Right. And what type of experience are you looking for? Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, before you're 25, you're just trying to get, you're just trying to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> but there are people that have been in the lifestyle from the time they were 18, and they do have experience. Yes. What type of experience is another question. But, all right. He doesn't allow his submissive to have any limits, and he doesn't respect them after they are established. Okay. We talked about this just a few minutes ago. There are relationships where that is the case, like slave, master-slave relationships, but that has been negotiated, and there are still limits. We know slaves that still have limits. You still are allowed to say no. You still are allowed to be a human being. So for them to say, you have no limits and you'll do whatever I say, that is another form of abuse. If you don't like what's happening and you're being forced to do it, that's abuse. Now, consensual non-consent, where we've talked about it and I want to feel like I'm being forced to do something, is completely different. You know, yeah, we're going to push limits. We're going to do these things. I'm going to take control of this scene. But you've given me permission to do that. This, you were never allowed to even give permission. You were just told, this is the way it's going to be. You know, one of my subs goes back to a little story, and that is she would get turned on with the fact that I would ignore her safe word. But it was something we had talked about at the very beginning. She's like, you know, I want you to push my limits. I want you to ignore me when I use the safe word. And that was part of the role play. And that was the only time that, you know, we would ever get to that point. You know, we would just, we'd play, we'd have fun. You know, if she tried to say her safe word, I'd put a ball gag in her mouth. You know, and it just heightened the experience for her. Right, but you had, you know, knew her. Knew her completely for years. Six years, seven years, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's not something you just did. Not at all. Okay. He claims to be in an open relationship, but refuses to provide any verifiable information about his primary partner. This is the situation I'm in. I, my submissive is polyamorous. She's married. But she's never hidden any of that from me. And I've never hidden any of my relationships with, with her. You know, I'm not currently in any other relationships, but I've met her husband. We've gone out on dates together. I've gone to their house and helped them do things there. We, we spend time together and she doesn't hide the fact that she has another relationship. So anybody that says that, oh yeah, I'm in a relationship, but no, you can't know anything about them. You can't know what they look like. You can't know their name. You can't talk, speak to them. All that's telling you is they're not in an open relationship. At least they're telling you they're in a relationship, but they don't want their partner to know anything about you either. And if they don't want you to know anything about you, they're not in an open relationship, are they? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, be careful. All right. So we have reached our uh, our 25 mark. <laughs> we want to um, just have enough that, um, you know, you can listen to us on your lunch break or just have a few minutes in the day to yourself to listen to John and I and our craziness. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to, um, you know, seeing you next time. And tune back in. We're going to finish this up. So thank you. And make all your fantasies reality.